Inspections and maintenance for autonomous trucks. I'm Jim Park. This is HDT Talks Trucking, Season 8, Episode Number 5. Ryder recently announced plans to serve as a transfer point operator for autonomous truck fleets operated by Embark, Too Simple, and Waymo. Ryder will manage logistical operations throughout the yards and perform pre- and post-trip inspections. It'll also provide maintenance services for those vehicles as well as the autonomous hardware. Well, that got us thinking. What's involved in the care and feeding of trucks without drivers? Here to answer that question is the fellow in charge of Ryder's new product strategy, Mike Placencia. Before we get to our conversation with Mike, remember to follow and connect with us on social media. We're at Heavy Duty Trucking on Facebook and LinkedIn, and on Twitter, it's HD Trucking. Our conversation with Mike Placentia begins right after this. Since you're already a podcast fan, I invite you to check out some of Bobbit Business Media's other fleet-related online content. Our other three fleet publications cover work trucks, automotive fleets, and transit and motor coach fleets. These sectors are confronting some of the same disruptive influences that we are here on the heavy-duty side. I think you'll find we have a lot in common. You can check them out at bobbit-business-media.com. Good morning, Michael, and welcome to HGT Talks Trucking. Glad to have you aboard, sir. Hey, good morning, Jim. Thanks for having me. I'm really interested in having this conversation with you. Um, we've discussed autonomous trucks on the podcast here four or five times now, and uh, each time we try and cover some new ground. And uh, this one is really interesting because the question keeps coming up. Who's going to look after these things once we turn them loose in the wild? Uh, they're going to have to be maintained and inspected, presumably. Uh, and I guess Ryder is uh, stepping up with a plan to do just that. Yeah, that's right, Jim. You know, you know, we kind of always like to joke that two things you probably won't see from us in autonomous vehicles is is that we're the ones building the trucks or we're the ones coding the driver. Um, and so, what we're really excited about is is helping uh, build the products and services that unlock the value of autonomous vehicles uh, for our customers and AV providers. And uh, maintenance and support um, is a really important area there. Well, beyond the obvious, uh, I mean, the trucks need to be. Uh, inspected, you know, I think on a daily basis, uh, if they're going to carry through with that, we still don't know that for sure. But uh, what sort of maintenance will you actually be doing and inspections on these trucks will you actually be doing? Yeah, so I think it varies, right? I think one thing uh, that we'll definitely be doing is the inspections, right? When we think about the these autonomous trucks, right, I think we're a ways off uh, from level five where these vehicles can really just go into any facility. And so they'll likely be mapped lanes or confined uh you know, geographies these vehicles can go into, which ultimately will lead to, uh, you know, transfer points um, where these autonomous trucks will pull into. Um, And that's where, you know, we see the opportunity um, to do the inspections for these vehicles um, before they go back on their way. Um, And so it starts off with, you know, taking over that inspection that normally a driver would do uh, because he's not in the truck, he or she's not in the truck anymore. Um, But then once we've done the inspection, what else can we do there, right? If we find something wrong, um, you know, whether it's on the actual vehicle itself, the traditional kind of maintenance we see, whether it's tires or oil or brakes or whatnot, or bigger engine repairs, but then also on the new activities on a truck on the autonomous hardware side. And so I think there's a, a breadth of opportunity from, you know, cleaning the hardware, like the cleaning off the LIDAR or replacing it or even calibration. And, and I think the, the scope of services is really going to depend on, on the site we're operating. 
um, and, and the needs of our customer. Okay, well, before we get into the, the high-tech stuff at uh, the end of this, uh, just basic day-to-day maintenance. Uh, I would imagine these trucks are going to be equipped with myriad sensors, uh, you know, brake, stroke, uh, any temperature setting or vibration you want to try and put a sensor on, you'll be able to track all that. Uh, but you've also got mechanical stuff, especially with the trailer that, you know, drivers are, are expected uh, to find on, on their daily inspection. Will your crews be like actually hands-on fingerprinting the trucks, going around with the clipboard, making sure that, uh, you know, the trailer landing gear pads, for example, are there and the tires aren't damaged, all those sorts of inspections too? Yeah, absolutely. I think we, we'd expect the inspection on an autonomous vehicle to be very similar to the inspection on, on a non-autonomous vehicle, right? I mean, the, the safety requirement on the road is going to be the same, if not more. And so uh, while we'll have sensors and we hope just in general, irrespective of autonomous technology, how can onboard diagnostics you know, feed into how we take care of vehicles and make sure they're safe? And as, and as that continues to evolve, that will, of course, bleed into what we're doing on the autonomous side. Um, but while that occurs, absolutely, we, we see the inspections going on on the, on the traditional vehicle uh, being very similar, if not the same, as, as they are today. Well, one of the we had an interview, uh, I guess it was last year, with uh, Will Schaefer from CVSA. He's the director of enforcement programs there, and he was kind of wondering out loud how um, officers at roadside would access some of these inspection uh, the inspection documentation. Uh, I mean, they want to know that the truck's been inspected properly. That's part of the uh, FMCSR, the safety regulations. Would you be including some sort of an electronic file with the truck or a paper copy clipped to the nose in a little box on the nose of the trailer? Uh, I mean, it's it's a pretty basic sounding question, but um, with no drivers involved, how do we do that? Yeah, I th- it's a great question, right? And I think it's one of those 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 questions that, uh, along with just kind of uh, how, how vehicles are regulated on the road um, and, and laws are changed, uh, will need to be uh, determined over the next three years before commercialization, right? I, I think, you know, with autonomous, I think there's an opportunity to bring a lot more processes digital, right? Um, you know, with the driver, obviously, um, but with the paper and the maintenance records as well. Um, so, you know, the same way. Um, so, uh, so short answer, I think is it's still TBD, right? Okay. I, I think it's a shame if, if uh, you know, you've got this fully automated process and then we're still kind of clipping a paper, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, onto the vehicle itself, right? I yeah. think, yeah. I think in, in general, um, you know, we hope that, uh, you know, with autonomous vehicles and, and just kind of the visibility into it and, and, and folks knowing these, these trucks are the road that there's, there is communication built with the appropriate agencies um, that they understand, you know, when these trucks are on the road and and what status they're in. Well, he also mentioned during the course of those discussions uh, a new level eight, I think you, I think you called it, uh, electronic inspection. Um, are you going down that path with enforcement people to explore those options? Well, that would be the hope when I say we we want to get everything, um, you know, in a more di- in a digital format. And so again, I, I think with. The same way we talked about the diagnostics in the vehicle, we think about an electronic DVIR versus the manual, right? That's a path that I think folks are exploring irrespective of autonomous vehicles, right? So I think when we have autonomous vehicles on the road, we want to want to have best in class, you know, we're, we're on, on every on every piece of the solution. And so that is something we'd, we'd want to do, right? I mean, you're, again, we're not going to have a driver in the vehicle and whether it's a technician uh, walking around with an iPad um, and that gets 
that that form gets transmitted to the appropriate parties, uh, that'd be the approach we'd want to go. And I guess there would be some hope that uh, some of this newfound technology and, and capability could be transferred through to non-autonomous vehicles as well. That would certainly make a lot of people's lives easier. Absolutely. Uh, and, and so it'll be interesting to see which one comes first, right? And again, that's that's where I think is what's new with the autonomous vehicles is, is uh, you know, the driver out um, and a whole set of hardware around it. But in general, maintaining a vehicle is maintaining a vehicle right, with some additional complexity. So, you know, we, there's a lot of disruption happening in transportation today on, on, on every aspect of it. Um, and so the more we can digitize these processes, you know, hopefully the more efficient we can make them, the more controls we can put around them, and, and hopefully the better results we can have. So, so I think absolutely, you know, if, if we can, whatever we can do in autonomous, we'd want to bring, you know, the non-autonomous vehicles um, just as far as head. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what sort of a process then is Ryder proposing uh, to ensure that the autonomous trucks get their share of regular daily inspections? Will you have people stationed at these depots or starting points or meet them along the road somewhere? I, I think it's the former, right? Uh, we will have people at these depots or these, you know, these, we call them transfer facilities or hubs or, or depots, right? But ultimately, it's where these autonomous trucks uh, pull in, right, before either at the end of the journey or, or when they've, they've gone as far as can go and that load gets shifted off uh, to a, a driver-enabled truck uh, for that final pickup or, or, or delivery. And so those depots just become a natural place for this inspection to happen, right? Again, we don't want trucks pulling over on the side of the road and somebody ferrying out uh, to inspect it. It's, it's not efficient. Um, but when you think about these, t- these, these depots or terminals, just like a, a trucking terminal today, you know, with those those trucks coming in, you're going to have high traffic. It's going to make sense to have somebody there who's trained in doing the, the appropriate inspections. Uh, you know, and both again the AV and the non-AV components, um, and really have that volume coming through there. Um, so that's that that's exactly what happened. Some of these trucks are going to be owned by or operated by carriers, uh, not necessarily rider-owned fleets. Will you be doing all of them or, or just ones from Embark or previous relationships that you've already established? Yeah. So this is uh, this. So when we think about autonomous vehicles, right, and, and this whole process of maintaining them, there, there's several customers now. Um, you know, traditionally it was just the fleet owner. Uh, but now we, we've got the fleet owner. Um, we've got the AV technology provider who essentially is providing the driver. Um and so, you know, when we think about everybody is going to need this service. Um, and so when we think about this transfer facilities, you know, we think the inspections on the vehicle, um, it's a requirement for the AV technology provider, right? Because they want to make sure that that truck is safe to go back on the road. Um, the fleet owner, right, is going to need it because it's still their truck and they want to make sure it's safe to go on the road. Um, and so, uh, you know, when we... Th- it, it, it can be a little bit of a change, right? Um, you know, a normal fleet owner may not want somebody else doing the inspection on the vehicle. It's normally their technicians back at their shop or whatnot. Yeah. And, and that's okay. And, and that, that may still happen at different times. But what probably doesn't make sense is for them to staff people at all these transfer points across the country just to inspect, you know, whatever amount of vehicles kind of stop in at one of these terminals, and so to scale, right, th- there's going to be a need to outsource that. 
And that's not something you just readily outsource, right? That's critical to your business. And so that's that's where we think we come in. Uh, we believe, you know, we're we're a trusted name. We've been in this business for over eighty years. Uh, you know, we're, we're best in class, and 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 that's so. If there's somebody going to outsource it to, we we hope that's Ryder. Yeah, you talk about a trusted partner. I think you've established that reputation in the industry over those eighty years, and uh, I guess if that's sort of the uh, cost of admission, if you will, then uh, they turn those inspection processes over to somebody we can we can count on. Uh, absolutely. And then, you know, after the inspection for the maintenance, right, we think there's there's a lot of value in the maintenance just being done there as well um, to, to drive the uptime of the vehicle. Um, but if, uh, you know, fleets or whomever's got their own terminals or shops nearby, um, we could always move trucks there afterwards um, to have that work done. We're speaking with Ryder's Group Director of New Product Strategy, Mike Placentia. After the break, Mike and I will dig into what it takes to look after the technology on these trucks. Mike also shares a few of his personal thoughts on what autonomous trucks might mean to the future of land transportation. Don't forget to subscribe to HDT Talks Trucking so you don't miss future episodes. And please give us a like and a rating if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts. That really helps us build our audience. HTT will premiere a new feature in 2022. It's a combined video and audio podcast, and we're keeping the name HTT Talks Trucking. We'll be connecting with industry leaders to present digestible 10-minute videos and full-length audio podcasts that dive deeper into the subject matter. And don't forget to check out some of Bobbitt's other video and podcast products, The State of the Fleet Industry with Mike Antich and Lauren Fletcher's Truck Chat. They're all on your favorite podcast platforms, and they're easy to find on the Bobbit website, bobbit-business-media.com. Let's talk a little bit about the uh, the the non-mechanical maintenance, the electronic stuff, uh, the lidar, the radar, and all the uh, the AI that's on board. Will you be inspecting, doing? Uh, operational testing on that sort of every morning before the truck takes off or how will that work? Yeah, we, we expect uh, the AV hardware to be part of the inspection and be built into it. Um, and that, that could be, uh, that can be a combination of the physical walk around um, from the technician on site. And, and obviously we'll need to be trained on that, right? How do we evaluate if a camera or sensor is in good working order you know, physically and operationally. And, and so from the, op- from the physical standpoint, um, you know, we, we think we can work through that. From the operational standpoint, that would likely be in partnership with the AV company as well, right? Remember, they, this is, you know, the operation of that camera is essentially the new driver, mm-hmm. right? And so through their own technology, you know, I believe they're building the competency to understand if something's in working order or needs to be replaced or needs to be calibrated. Um, and then we expect to get that visibility and then and then make the appropriate decision at that time what to do. So they're still going to be, I guess, uh, responsible for the AI systems and the stuff that, you know, they understand. And you'll be doing pretty much everything else. Yeah, you think about their, they, the AV technology companies, are, they're software companies, right? They're, yep. they're technology companies. That is that is their core competency and they're incredible at it. And, and that's where they're focused. Um, and then so where we can play a role is, is really on that hardware side. Okay. Well, what about road service then? Um, it's hoped, I suppose, that these things will all make their trips as planned, but there's bound to be glitches along the way. 
uh, you know, so something as rudimentary maybe is coming out to clean a giant bug off one of the radar sensors yeah. or something. <laughs> Uh, are we going to see, you know, rider trucks chasing these things up and down the road to uh, to do that r- routine roadside little spot inspections and maintenance too? Yeah, you know, I, I think there's, uh, you know, there's going to be issues on the road just like there is with, with driver-led trucks, right, today, right? That, does, that doesn't go away. Um, and so, so roadside assistance will be needed, I, I think. But what's interesting here is when we think about how the commercial models for autonomous trucks are shaping out, you know, it, it's really on, it's going to be on specific lanes. And whenever you have a specific lane, you're going to have these transfer facilities on both ends. And so you're going to have trained personnel on both ends. And so you've got uh, a set of trained uh, individuals with, you know, whether it's inventory or, or the competency um, to go out there and, and, and pick up that truck. And now, do we want to go out there and replace a camera on the, on the on the side of the highway? You know, maybe not. But do you now have a technician or driver who can get in this truck, who feels comfortable getting in a truck with a bunch of fancy gadgets around it and knowing what's appropriate to touch and not to touch and drive it back? Yeah. Um, and so uh, that's, you know, we, we absolutely see ourselves playing a role um, in that sector. And, you know, and we, we hope also that, you know these vehicles; they're they're resilient, right? There's redundancy, right? So you know one one camera off doesn't mean that this can't drive. Um, we we believe that as different components get damaged or knocked off or dirty, uh, the redundancy in the system allows it to either safely pull over or safely make it to the next depot and flag. Um, you know something needs to be done here. Okay, uh, going back uh, for a minute to the mechanical side of it. Uh, you said earlier that one of the big advantages to these systems is utilization. You can run them basically 24-7, uh, but they still have to come in for an oil change and a grease job once in a while. Uh, will you be scheduling all that sort of routine maintenance as well? Well, that's what's interesting with autonomous vehicles. We, we've got two separate sets of customers, right? You know, So when you think about transfer facilities for inspections, right, it, it's really an enabler of the autonomous the autonomous vehicle, right? It's just going to be needed so these trucks can run. Um, and that likely is going to be a service that, you know, the autonomous technology companies are providing as part of this terminal network. Um, but it's still a fleet owner's truck, right? You know, a carrier has purchased this autonomous system um, and yep. is running it. And so it's ultimately their decision on, on where to do the repairs. Um, do they want to constantly bring it back to their site? Or do they do they want to outsource it to us through one of our product offerings at these terminals? Um, and so uh, we, we hope um, that, that there's a big opportunity there for us. Okay. Would you see this process fundamentally any different than what you're doing now for your customers, providing you know a turnkey service and, and I guess as much as they want to opt into? Uh, it's all there. Um, will this be any different with these trucks, the autonomous trucks, than you currently do with a diesel truck or a natural gas truck? Um, well, well, I think, uh, I think again, just back to the previous point, I think what's different today is since we've got two customers, yeah. right, yeah. that um, that we're servicing now. Um, you know, normally as a carrier, they, they're providing the truck and the driver, right? And, and we are supporting them. And now, in essence, we are, we are servicing a carrier and a driver. And this isn't just an outsourced driver. It, it's truly, it's, it's a driver solution 
uh, through these AV companies. And so we need to build the products and services and integrations uh, with both those entities. And, and, and hopefully, right, we think where it makes most sense is that they're married up together, you know, at the same location um, where really can, you know, we can get these trucks up on the road ASAP um, and moving, right? I mean, to your point about do we, when we schedule these oil changes, do we, do we need to bring it back to its home base? I think that's kind of one of the beautiful things about autonomous vehicles. They don't need a home, right? And, and no, they, they really don't. Yeah, so they can they can keep going. The, the price of deadhead to get them to a terminal isn't as high. Um, and so the thought is, and that's where we think we bring a lot of value as, as a scalable national partner, um, is that we can provide these services anywhere consistently to them as they're running around. So a truck based out of Houston uh, might autonomously be running from Houston to Dallas to El Paso to Oklahoma City, and that might be where the service um, is done. Versus rather, and, oh, you know, it's time for his appointment. Let's make sure we get that set of loads to get him back into Houston. Um, and so again, we, we talk about autonomous vehicles being an opportunity for us to bring best in class of everything, you know, with with vehicles and maintenance and operations. And, and this is just one of those those cases that we hope to be there. So, Michael, before we wrap up the interview here, I uh, just want to get your own sort of personal thoughts on this. What do you think of the evolution of, of trucking, you know, going down this autonomous road and, and the opportunities this presents, you know, companies like Ryder and pretty much the whole transportation industry? Yeah, we're, we're pretty excited about it, right? I mean, uh, you know, we're, we're really excited about the progress these autonomous uh, technology companies are making. Um, we're excited about the efficiency this can can bring to the business, um, and so uh, when we, we look at where Ryder, we think we position ourselves very well um, to help unlock this value for not only our carrier partners, but our, but our customer partners. Um, so we're bullish on it. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, we're excited uh, for the coming years. And when do you expect these things to hit the road in earnest? What's your feeling on that? <laughs> that's, it's a, that's a great question. Uh, you know, we, you know, I, I think the the timelines we're hearing out there, uh, you know, publicly uh, from some of the AV providers as we're looking at, you know, the 2024, 2025 range is uh, when we think the first vehicles will be be off the line commercially. Uh, but we, we think a lot of things need to happen, right? While, while the technology seems to be developing very nicely, um, there's still a lot of other pieces that need to put in, put in place from the different partners, right? Operationally, you know, how do these transfer facility or terminal networks get set up to enable these vehicles? Um, you know, regulatory, how do we kind of create the standards and, and kind of oversight um, on kind of ensuring the safety of these vehicles on the road and, and how they're running? Um, and so, so there's still, there's, we still have time, which is nice um, to work through all those things. And you know, we're trying to be part of those discussions and, and add our value um, where it makes sense. Um, but, but yeah, we're, we're hopeful kind of in the next four to five years is when we start seeing the first vehicles on the road. Well, it's going to be an exciting three or four years when we finally get these things going. I think it's going to surprise a lot of people how well they perform. I'm, I'm kind of a believer at this point. We've been speaking with Mike Placencia. He's Ryder's Group Director for New Product Strategy. And we've been talking all about autonomous vehicle maintenance and inspection from Ryder's point of view. Mike, thanks for joining us on HTT Talks Trucking. Thanks, Jim. Thanks for supporting HTT Talks Trucking for the past two years. We've got more great audio and video content coming your way in 2022, including a new video version of HTT Talks Trucking. We combine those videos with podcasts to give you more ways to access this great content. Check out the video version of HTT Talks Trucking beginning in 2022. 
Don't forget to subscribe to HDT Talks Trucking so you don't miss any future episodes. And please give us a like and a rating if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts. That really helps us build our audience. And you can keep up with what's happening in the trucking industry at truckinginfo.com. HDT Talks Trucking is produced by Deb Lockridge, recording and audio production by Jim Park. Mm-hmm.